Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this Sabbath day. We thank Thee for loved ones that we have longed to see and are now back in our midst. Lord, we pray for those that still cannot be with us. We're mindful of the Marcy's. We're mindful of Aunt Marie Harfman and Aunt Laney and others, Lord, that may escape me at this time. We pray, Lord, that Thou mightest visit them, that Thy Spirit might minister unto them and in with cords of love that can only come and be drawn by our Heavenly Father, we pray that there might be cords of love drawn about us and them, binding us together with Thee. Lord, Thy children have come. Thy children are hungry. And yet, Lord, Thy servant is absolutely empty, with nothing left. But we know, Lord, that ravens came to feed Elijah. So, Lord, a servant is not even needed. Even rocks could speak thy will. So we pray, Lord, that in this morning hour, in this place, that thou mightest feed thy children. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Lord, uh, dear ones, the scripture has opened to the epistle to the Hebrews. Hebrews 13, with the Lord's help, I'd like to meditate upon it. Hebrews 13, beginning with the first verse. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, for he saith, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar, whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the camp. Let us go there. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, 
that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you, and all the saints that are of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. Mike, could I ask you to have a prayer, please? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we count it a great privilege that we can come into thy house and to be moved by thy word. We count it a great privilege, Lord, that the rest of the world, or many, many in this world, can have to take for, that we can take for granted because others cannot have it as good. And Father, we pray that as we meditate upon thy word and as we study words of a brother that was um, facing the end of his life and, and persecuted on every side and awaiting what was his forthcoming death quickly, Lord, that we could rejoice in these words and that we could find strength and encouragement and comfort in knowing that our steps are ordered by Thee far before we even take them. And Father, we pray that Your Spirit would minister to us in this day, minister through the brother who would share it with us, and that we would all come away with a blessing. And for it, Father, we give Thee great thanks in Jesus' name. Dear ones, you are my witness that I did not choose this scripture. I purposefully, before I came to the pulpit, paged through my Bible to make sure that there were no papers stuck in it. The Lord has chosen this scripture, not me. And we will have to rely upon him to provide whatever will come from it. I'm comforted in knowing that, as I said in my opening prayer, the Lord doesn't need me. The Lord doesn't need a human. He can use rocks to bring forth his thoughts and his truths into your heart. So with the Lord's help, I will just try to work my way through this. There will be some passages in this that I will simply reread and not comment on. And my prayer is that you will be content with what the Lord gives you and me in this morning hour. The writer of Hebrews, we believe, is the Apostle Paul, even though it is not stated. The writing style is Paul's. The uh, end of the chapter seems to be fitting with Paul's closing words. But he starts out with, let brotherly love continue. What does that mean, dear ones? What does it mean to let? And why would he say, let? brotherly love continue. My guess is because it's probably not 
human for it to continue continually. That brotherly love is similar to having the Spirit within us. We have to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We have to let the Spirit work in us. The degree to which the Spirit can have his way in our life is directly in proportion to us allowing him to do so. So Paul said, let the Spirit, or let brotherly love continue. And then he says in verse 2, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. This was a scripture that I learned before I knew where it was. Because this was a scripture that was part of a story that my dad told me as a very young child about an account when he was young. And when there were a lot of, during the Depression, a lot of people didn't have work, roughly 25 to 30% of the men in this country didn't have a job. So they would go wandering the streets looking for places and go from town to town looking for a job, looking for work, looking for a meal. And whenever dad would see one out on Route 13, he would call him in for a meal. And grandma would cook a meal. And grandma, when, t- when dad finally got old enough to realize, oh my goodness, I am really imposing on my mother. Why in the world did I invite all these bums into the house? She said this scripture to him, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for they, by, thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Brothers and sisters and friends, I fully believe that I have met angels that I didn't know were angels. And I pray that when I did, I was kind to them. We don't know who these strangers are. We don't know who these people are when the Lord puts these divine appointments into our life. But I pray that I'm going to be sensitive, more so even in the going forward, that I'm sensitive to realizing that even if they're not an angel, they're a human being, not a human doing. They are a creation created by the same God that created me. And they deserve all of the love that I can find available to offer them and to be kind to them and to to find ways to minister unto their needs. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. I think this verse probably was much more easy, was much easier for, for our brethren a generation, two generations ago to understand when when in many of our congregations in Europe, there were those in that congregation who were in bonds. If our young men that were of military age would have all been sent to prison, this verse would mean a lot. And yet, brothers and sisters and friends, how many of our members are at times in adversity? Do we know enough about each other to know when someone is in great adversity? Are we connected enough, dear ones, that, we, that when one is suffering, we suffer with them? And you might say, well, why is that important? Why would it be important for us to really suffer with them? Dear ones, what's your prayer life like when you suffer? When you're going through something, you're closer to the Lord. You desire to walk in the Spirit more. 
You spend more time meditating on the word, even if it's just in your heart. Maybe you spend more time intentionally, <coughs> excuse me, listening to hymns or, or spiritual songs that lift you up. So why shouldn't he, if my brother or my sister is suffering, why should I not be at that same spiritual point with them? If they're suffering, I should be suffering. Because when they're rejoicing, I rejoice. That's what it means to be a church. That's what it means to be a family of God. We have each other that we can rely upon. And, and, and I want to encourage each one of you, if I'm so insensitive that I don't see it, and I'm so, here, here's, here's a lesson I'm learning as I'm getting older. You know, the, the worst thing in all you, the world you can do to someone when they're struggling is say, if there's something I can do, please tell me. No, that's the wrong thing. When someone is suffering and you know it, just do it. Don't ask. If you know someone needs a meal, don't come to me. But if you know someone that needs somebody to run an errand, if, you know, if, if someone just needs to pray for someone, don't ask. Just do it. Whose lawn needs to be mowed? Whose snow needs to be shoveled? Who needs a, a ride somewhere? Who needs just flowers sent to the house? Now, here's where you all need to help me. I am not the most sensitive person in the world. I miss a lot of things. If you know that there is someone that is suffering and I miss it, you need to tell me. I give you permission. I ask you. I ask for you to help me be more aware when these things are going on. I'm going to try to be more sensitive, and I think I'm getting a little better as I get older, but if I miss it, say, hey, Dave, send me a text. You need to call so-and-so. You need to pay a visit to so-and-so. Because I'll tell you right now, my wife is very busy doing that. She could use some support. Then he goes on and talks about marriage. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Dear ones, do we have the right appreciation for the marriage of believers? I don't think we do. And I, and I don't want to dwell on that this, this, this morning. That might be something that I dwell on later on, some other message. And it may be something that I do more in a study at some point. I don't know. But I really want, brothers and sisters, I want you to think about this. The marriage of believers is to be a, is to be a restoration of the Garden of Eden. Think about that. Adam and Eve, before the fall, knew no shame, knew no sin, and walked with God as husband and wife. And when we are believers, God has restored the relationship with him. And when believers marry in faith, he's restoring the relationship that Adam and Eve had before the fall. That's what this writer's talking about. Because he draws a complete distinction between the physical relationship of a husband and wife and whoremongers and adulterers. That is a precious, beautiful thing that we really need to take another look at, I believe, and really appreciate that great gift. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he saith, I will never 
leave thee nor forsake. Dear ones, everything we have on this earth can be gone like that. Everything. All of our assets could be gone like that. Our 401ks can evaporate. We know how quickly they can evaporate. Family members, loved ones can be gone like that. But God, he always was, he always will be, and he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And we need to, we need to be aware of that. We need to, to I'm trying to find the right, right word. We need to live in that truth. So what does it mean to live in something? It means to be active, breathing, taking nourishment and exercising in this truth that he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. Even when things make no sense to us, God's there. And he knows. He knows everything. And he knows the end before we knew the beginning. And and he knew what we would go through and when we would go through it. And he prepared us for that ahead of time. And and I'm I'm reminded of the story of, you know, the person that's, that's hanging on the knot at the end of the rope saying that they just, they can't hold on any longer. And the Lord just says, let go. You don't need to hold on. Because I'm going to catch you. You don't need to even hold on. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let's not fear. Let's not fear what, what men might say. Let's not fear what men might do. You know, I've never been put in a place where my life was in somebody else's hands. But there are brethren that have been in those positions. And in those moments, in those moments when they were standing up for the faith, they didn't fear. And nothing happened. Oh, oh yes, they, they may have been forced out of town. Or they may have been in prison, but God protected them. There was a benefit of whatever it was they went through. Dear ones, we are here in Syracuse because brethren refused to bow to man's demands. And yes, brethren left their homelands. And yes, it was a beautiful homeland. Bavaria is a beautiful place. I've had the privilege of seeing it a few times. But where would they be had they not been obedient, even to the point of losing their homes? We are the beneficiaries of their obedience. So who will be the the beneficiaries of our obedience going forward? Verse 7, I'm not going to meditate on, I'll just read it. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that verse. 
Dear ones, look at everything that does change. Look at, look at the political landscape in our country, how it can change in a mere months or weeks. And I should be old enough to not stress about those things, but I'm not. But he just said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Every time we go back to him, he's the same. Every time we look into his word, it's the same. Every time he speaks to us, it will be the same. Be not carried about with strange and diverse doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought unto the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. So he again, we, we know that this letter was written specifically for Jews, that they could understand how Jesus Christ was that was not only the supreme sacrifice, but also the high priest that offered the sacrifice. The uniqueness in him, and he was compared to, to, um, to Melchizedek, who had no beginning and no end, which the Jews would have understood. And he said, Jesus himself suffered out throughout, without the camp, just as the sacrifices that were burned without the camp. And we need to be willing to go without the camp and be identified with him, bearing his reproach, taking on his reproach. Why? Because we don't have a, con- a continuing city. We seek one to come. Dear ones, I want to I give an example for you. Think about vacations. I would imagine you love vacations. I love vacations. I love trips. I love, I love, I love being able to go somewhere and thinking of the, the things we're going to do when we get there. And, and now there's, there's two kinds of people that go on trips. There's people that make all the lists so that they get everything done and they don't forget anything. And then there's people like me and, and, and my kids that are here could testify the fact that there were times when we'd be going on a trip and I would say, if we forgot it, don't worry about it. We're going to buy it at a Walmart when we get there. Now, that's a problem if you're going to Europe you know, or the Caribbean. But most places, there's a Walmart. So I'm one of those people that just says, let's go. And then when I get there, I'm like, where are my binoculars? Oh, they're still in the boat. My wife is a list maker, so I'm so thankful. I just need to have her put binoculars on the list. Honey, if you're listening, put binoculars on your mental list. Because whenever we go somewhere, I'm always saying, I wish I would have brought the binoculars. I can't see the boat that's out there that I want to see. But I had a barber one time, and Bob said, David, one of the best things about vacations is planning for it and thinking about it, even before you go. Sometimes that's almost better than being on vacation. Dear ones, do we think that way about heaven? We're going to get to go. Our ticket is purchased. The price is paid. It's not like we even have to save for the trip. That, per, that priceless gift, that, price, that precious price that none of us could pay is paid. We get to go. Are we thinking about it? Does it lift our spirits? Not just when we're 
feeling really lousy. You know, there are those times when you're just, maybe you're physically so down that heaven seems like such a great idea. Or maybe your heart has been ripped in two and you just feel like heaven would be such a nice thing. Or maybe you think of loved ones that you long to see, that you know are there. Now, where there is right now, I don't know. Resting in the bosom of Abraham, I don't know what that is. And you know what? That's okay that I don't know what that is because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that my loved ones and and the brothers and sisters that I admired, that I looked up to, I know they're there, wherever there is. And whatever there is like right now, I don't know. It's going to change in the resurrection. But I know when I get there, they're going to be there. And I can't wait. I miss them. And in some cases, I never was able to tell them what they meant to me. And you know, in in a lot of cases, I didn't know what they meant to me till after they were gone. But I'll get my chance. And so will you. Are we thinking about that? When the days just seem dreary, are we thinking about it? When the days are filled with bright sunshine, are we thinking about it? We should be. Think about spring. We are in a season of renewal. Everything is new. Look at the trees, the, the, the delicate pastel colors. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. In the trees. In the flowers. And the grass is greener. Is the grass greener this year than it was last year? Probably not. But you know, when you've lived through a long winter, it just looks greener. That's what's coming. That's what we have to look forward to. Because the price was paid. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, and to do good, and to communicate, forget not. For such sacrifices, God, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You know, when, when you have children, and you see your children do good things, when you see, you know, I remember hearing this once, and children are like ships that you build, boats that you build, and you do your best, and you pray that God's going to give you the wisdom to work on that structure as best you can. And what I heard someone say, it was not a spiritual person at all, it was a, it was a secular statement, it was that, and when you send them down the railway to launch them. You hope that they won't just float, but that they'll sail. You know, boats aren't meant to float. Barges are meant to float, and they got to be pulled. Boats are meant to sail. And what I love is even in, in little children, when you, when you watch them, 
and you try to teach them right from wrong and you try to teach them to share and, and all of a sudden when they do something that you taught them, whether it's they say thank you, they say please, whatever it is, isn't that a wonderful feeling? It's like, yes, they were listening. Imagine what God feels when he sees us living out his word. When he sees us loving as close to how he loves as we can. That's the sacrifice that God is well pleased with. Verse 7, not going to meditate on it. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit for yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. I love that. You just have this, this longing that, who I believe is Paul, even though we don't know for sure, is just longing to be restored, to be able to see brethren again. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I love how how he steps us through this process and how he reminds us. Imagine, imagine if Paul or the writer would have simply said, you need to be perfect. You need to be complete. Not perfection in terms of, you know, absolutely without flaw, but you need to be complete. You can't be lacking in any way. These are the standards that you need to live up to. These are the laws that you need to live up to. That didn't work. And it wasn't... God knew it wasn't going to work, but that's the reason that the law was given so that we would understand that we need Jesus Christ. And so the writer here, and I love how he put it, he says, now the God of peace, and isn't that wonderful? The God of peace. Not the God of strife. Not the God of war. The God of peace. The God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd. So he's telling us the same God that raised our Savior, the good shepherd, from the dead through the blood of the everlasting covenant. May he make you perfect. May he make you complete. In every good work, to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Wow. Am I so glad that it's he that's working in me? Am I so glad that God doesn't expect me to do it? He expects me to let him do it. And the less of me, the more of him. Dear ones, it's my prayer that every day 
that I have the blessing of life, that there might be less of me and more of him. Because that means that every day will be a greater blessing. And every day there will be a deeper joy. Because if we think about it, all of the blessings, all of the good, all of the joy that this world could know is in God. Everything else is of this earth and is filled with heartache and fear. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he concludes, I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, which whom, if he come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you, and all the saints of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen.